Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Believe in Lions right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Derek Oakry, at Derek Oakry on Twitter. Um, real happy to be here again this week talking Detroit Lions with you right here on the podcast. Um, I got some things on my mind. This is going to be a free-flowing show. Um, I want to talk about the schedule. I haven't even really put my eyes on it more than what I saw on Thursday and Friday. So work my way through that, talk my way through it, give you guys my thoughts and opinions. I've also got some rookie jersey numbers. One of my favorite things, one of my old podcasts I used to listen to, it was like these two crazy good draft experts you know they were all into the draft they knew all the prospects but they always did a show on jersey numbers they said it matters if you get a good jersey number you know it really impacts uh, what the player you could be a really good player you get like a running back and you get number 41 or something <laughs> you're you're uh, maybe on the outs there for the roster so I think that's funny I'll give you some of my projections I don't think the Lions have announced it yet still signing players still doing that but give you some jersey numbers I think would be fun for the team and I got some hot takes I got some uh you know opinions on some things Detroit Lions related and projecting forward to the season that we'll talk about as well so let's uh let's go ahead and get right into it right here on Believe in Lions uh let's do these jerseys numbers real quick I tweeted this out probably a, a few days ago maybe a week ago but uh the the numbers I put out is I I think you got to put Jeff Okuda in the 23 you know Darius Slay held that number down you know Slay came in I think he was 30 you know when he first got here and then he was able to change to 23 once uh here's a name from the past Chris Houston (laughs) was booted from the Detroit Lions which uh crazy you you think about like Chris Houston DeAndre Levy I mean there's probably those guys were like they had their moment in the sun and then they fell off the map so quickly for the Detroit Lions but um, Slay, Rock 23, did it really well. I mean, I think Okuda is going to be a ball player, so I just go ahead and give him number 23. Let him play out on the edge there, and let, let, let's get him a Jordan sponsorship as well. Can we Can we get Michael Jeffrey on the line and get him in the Jumpman gear? That would be sweet as well. Um, DeAndre Swift, everybody's heard me talk about him here on the podcast. Uh, love the player, love this running back, thought it was a great pick. Think he's going to do some big things. There was a couple different numbers. I mean, I don't have them all in front of me, but I want to say like 32 is probably available because I think Tavon isn't coming back. You know, I think 34 was out there, but I think you got to put Swift in in, a, in the number 26. I, I just feel like with the way the Lions numbers work, like number 26 would look cool. So um, he's got to be somewhere in the 20s. Just one of those numbers that, that looks fresh on a running back would be good. Julian Okwara, I mean, some of these are going to be chalk. I think you put Okwara in the 42. That's what he wore in college. I think that, uh, you know, he's replacing Kennard, basically player for player. Just go ahead and put him in that 42. Let him rush the quarterback. Let him look smooth in that number. That'd be good. 
Jonah Jackson, the big interior offensive lineman. Again, I'm going to stick kind of with a, a basic number for him. Let's get him in number 73. Stenberg, the other offensive guard they took. Again, I'm, I'm still torn on these guards. I'm still trying to figure out how they're going to use him. I feel like if Stenberg doesn't come in and start right away, it's, it's definitely a worse off pick, you know, because they used it in the fourth round. But, I mean, he, he could sit on the bench for a bit and then come in later and still be a good ball player. But I like to see 73 Jonah Jackson and 71 Logan Stenberg. If I could put numbers on their back and put them in my lineup, that's probably what I'd do. You got Quintez Cephas. Now, this is the wide receiver they took in the fifth round. Uh, gosh, man, I... I'm torn on this player. They picked him at, at 167, 21st overall in the fifth round. You know, I wasn't a player that was right up on my radar. I had seen him. I knew about him. The more time goes by, I watch more stuff on this guy. I read up on him. I just look at him and what he might be in a jersey. I think this guy could be a really good player. I think he could be a gritty, grimy receiver. You can put him in the slot, move him around, catch the ball. He's never going to blow you away with his speed, but he's, I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to come in this year and you may only see glimpses, but then I could see him next year, either being the number two or the dead, you know, dead eye number three on this team as a receiver. And that'd be really good to get a, a mid fifth round pick to be your number two, number three receiver in the second season would be tremendous. Now, obviously you have to surround him with really good players. You'd have to bring Kenny back and you'd have to probably add another piece so that he's not, you know, there's not too much on his shoulders, but let's get Quint. Let's get Q. Let's get Cephas. My boy Cephas in number 87, what he wore in college as well. Huntley, the running back slash kick returner slash receiver slash whatever. Again, not very high on this pick. Kid's really going to have to show me something. I mean, I, I think I threw number 29 on him because I was, I was debating between like some of these other random numbers that fall in that running back range. Nothing really felt that good to me, but uh, let's give this kid 29 and see if he can sort of do some things. They're putting him as running back. I know there's a lot of people that are reaching out to me on Twitter saying, oh, it's our receiver. You know, Do you see him in the slot? I mean, he, he has some receiving numbers and you see some things when you watch him on YouTube and whatever, but... I just don't know. You know, I, I don't know what the vision is for this guy. Now, sure enough, he'll probably come and be electric in the preseason and be everybody's darling, and then I'll love him, but then he'll fall off, you know, when the real dogs are out there in the regular season. But, gosh, I hope it's good because he's he's got electric speed, and, and they took him with a decent asset there in the end of the fifth round. So, you know, put Huntley in the 29, see what he can do. Uh, Penasini, the big interior nose tackle type. Uh, I really like what I hear about this guy too. The more you hear about him, lots of people are high on him. You know, he's, he's never going to blow you away with sack numbers. He's never going to jump off the screen, but he's going to do his job, which is sit in the middle, hold up against the run, you know, plug up gaps, take, take people apart. And, uh, seems like a really good mentality type player too. You know, it seems like everybody really likes what he can bring to the table in regards to what he does on the field, but also just being that, uh, that guy that's going to know his role and come in here and do some things. So, uh, Penicini, I kind of debated on this one. I mean, I gave him 91. I know Jamie Collins wore number 91 back in his day. I think he switched over into the 50s, um, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, I would still think you get Collins in like a, you know, 
a number in the 50s you put penicini in one of those 90s uh you know 99 was gone you know 90 some of these other numbers are covered so uh i figured i'd give him 91 you can actually flip these other two because i got cornell here at the end i put him at 98 you could definitely put penicini in a 98 give uh, cornell 91 but those are my just guesses based on looking at the roster you guys scroll down on lions.com and see what's taken and what was open so took me about five minutes to throw those together and i thought i'd just talk about it here on the show i it's always fun to get the rookies signed, see what number they're wearing. And then when they get that first chance on the field, always nice to see them in their gear and, and see them, see them actually with the team out there, out there doing things, making plays. So just thought I'd kick off the show with that. Um, let's see, let's get into some hot takes here before I get to the schedule. That schedule is probably going to take me the back half of this show. I know you guys are interested to hear my thoughts on the schedule as well as probably going to give you some way, 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 way too early predictions in regards to win-loss, but we'll work our way through that, no doubt about it. Um, let's get some things that are on my mind right now. So I wrote, I wrote down just some bullet points of some things that might be hot topics to talk about. How about this first one? DeAndre Swift. Oh, baby. How about him as the ROI, the rookie of the year? I mean, could you see it happening? Like, everybody knows I'm optimistic on the show. Everybody knows that uh, I'm always drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. Again, reminder, you can check out the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, my other podcast, my buddy Grifka, that drops on Wednesday mornings and Friday mornings. You can find that on any podcast platform. We talk Lions twice a week. In addition to this show, that's three shows a week for me. Hardest working man in the Detroit Lions podcast game. Uh, But uh, DeAndre Swift, Rookie of the Year. I mean, it sounds crazy because the Lions haven't been able to run the football since I've been a fan. They haven't, uh, they have not, gosh, it's been a struggle across the board. But, you know, when I wrote that down, the more I thought about it, he's in a really great situation. I know the Lions are probably going to do the splitting of carries, bring them along slow. I don't want to just kick carry on Johnson out. I feel like carry on has got some juice. He's got some ability. I think the best case scenario is both these guys play well. They both stay healthy and they're both home and which can impact Deandre Swift's, you know, statistics as well as maybe his touches. But, you know, depending on if carry on was to go down, you know, Swift's chances go way up at that point of being the do everything running back for this team and a definite rookie of the year prospect. If you're a fantasy football player and you're doing rookie drafts, I see DeAndre Swift going at four, five, six in drafts. Before that, he was number one. I mean, I think that's pretty disrespectful to the Lions, a team that's dying to have runner, dying to have a guy that can run, catch, block, do all the things that Swift can do. To think that him landing with the Detroit Lions is a reason to move him way down the board, four or five spots. you know, and people are just asking, what are you going to do? Are you going to trade carry on? Are you going to, you know, are you just, you've just given up on him. Like, I don't see that at all. I see it being a, a great situation. I mean, two backs, basically 22 years and younger. They both can pretty much do it all, catch, run, and block. They both have shown flashes at the NFL or the collegiate level. I don't see why these two guys can't work together. I don't see why they can't be a tremendous tandem. So, you know, can Swift win rookie of the year? I think if he's going to do that, it would have to be based on injury to carry on or him just playing even above the lofty expectations that he already does have. But I do think that people are, you know, kind of, they have expectations down, you know, they're kind of saying because he's in Detroit and they already have another back that can do some things as well, that they're tempering expectations. I think DeAndre Swift could just come out 
and even make the Lions back off on the splitting as well because he's just got such such premier talent. He's so smooth when he runs. Just wait till Lions fans see him at Ford Field. He just the way he gets in and out of cuts. I mean, you go watch him on YouTube. He's breaking people's ankles. I mean, there's a couple plays I watched recently where he just catches it. He's just gliding along, and next thing you know, he just runs past everybody to the end zone. It's it's incredible. So, would I call Swift the rookie of the year, the offensive rookie of the year? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think he's going to be a really solid player. I mean, my favorite thing about the draft too is you get the four years plus um, with a player, depending on if you keep him. So we got four years of DeAndre Swift and a couple more at least with Carry On. So for the next two to three seasons. I expect those guys to be a great running back tandem, really be something special because the Lions, we haven't had a tandem ever. You know, when we had the the star Barry, when we had Barry back there, like it was all him. You know, we've never had a two-person group that can really have premier talent and do some things. So I'm excited to watch it. But I wouldn't pencil him in as rookie of the year, but I'm telling you, don't sleep on him in fantasy football and don't don't think he's not going to come in here and make an impact on the Detroit Lions. Next item, Matt Stafford, MVP. I've heard some rumblings about number nine being in for comeback player of the year, and I've also heard some rumblings. Could he be the most valuable player in the league with the team that's around him and with a bounce back and with the way he was playing at the start of last year? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm a, I'm a big Stafford guy. I, I continue to support him on all my podcasts, yet I also have that little bit in the back of my head that says, dang, it's been a decade, man. I know you haven't had the best teams around. I know you haven't had a run game. I know you've been injured for probably four or five of those seasons over half your career. But I really, really hope that he can turn it up a notch in 2020. He can like go from off the radar to that top eight type quarterback and then even take it from there and be just the story of the NFL when it comes to the quarterback position and when it comes to a guy that has everything you need, was playing at a premier level last year. There's no reason with more weapons, more offensive line help, more running backs, more everything that he can't come in there and contend for something like what sounds to be crazy. The quarterback of the Detroit Lions, the most valuable player in the league. Yeah, I believe B-L-E-A-V right here on the Believe Podcast Network that that could be a possibility as crazy as it may be. Um, Really looking for big things from Matt Stafford this year. He can't just come in and be decent. He's got to be good. He's got to be damn good. And I think he can do that. Um, next item I had here, Kenny Galladay, top eight wide receiver in the whole NFL. Kenny's getting a lot of love across the league. Everybody's saying, man, this guy is just a premier talent. I, I've i been kind of his biggest supporter after his rookie season when I really saw what he could bring to the table. I saw his mentality. I've been the guy that's... This year, kind of saying, hold up now. Like, I don't know that I'm going to put Kenny at the top eight because there's a lot of dang good receivers out there. I'm kind of projecting, unfortunately, that because of these other weapons and because of the running backs and because of the way we're going to run our offense, you might see a down. You might see a little dip from him. Like, not something where he falls off the map, but something where, I mean, what do you have? 10-plus touchdowns and almost uh, 1,200-plus yards, whatever it was last year? I mean... If if Kenny's getting a thousand and and six seven touchdowns, I mean that's still going to be really good for this football team. So I could see a downtick in his stats. 
I'm not willing to put him in the top eight. I feel like he's in that top 12, top 15 type range for receivers. But when you're talking top eight, man, you're talking about guys that put up numbers year after year, guys that have the speed to blow past you. You're talking about some of these guys that are just premier talents. And as well as Kenny's done, as much as I like his game, there is time you look at him and you think, man, he he has that big slender body, but he's not a guy that you just that wows you on the football field with his athleticism or, I mean, go up and get the football, don't get me wrong, but we're talking about route running or we're talking about just a separation, getting past people. So that's why I drop him down a little bit because, I mean, that top eight, you're talking Odell's, Hopkins, uh, you know, Mari Coop, all these guys that really are not only in the prime of their career but have, have done it at a high level for longer than Kenny and just have a little bit more nuance to their game when it comes to route running speed and, and some of the other elements that I look for. So Kenny, not top eight. I, sorry, bro. You're still my guy. But uh, top 12, top 15-ish is where I'm heading. I'm really curious to see if he gets paid uh, and, and if he gets paid like a top 10 guy or if they can work out a deal a little bit below that and then have him play better than that. I mean, that'd be ideal for the organization, no doubt about it. Next item, I got a couple more here. Jeff Okuda, five-plus interceptions in his rookie season. The Lions, the last, gosh, the last five-plus years, I mean, I feel like they've struggled a lot when it comes to intercepting the football. I feel like there was that one magical year probably, gosh, what was that, 2014-ish, where we just were getting picks left and right. I mean, we were winning football games with INTs, walk-off INTs by Slay, by Glover Quinn, guys like that. Uh, Since then, it just seems like it's been a, a lot of, you know, Gosh, just bad corner play as well as not being able to get our hands on the football and catch it. So five plus for rookie would be would be a lot. I mean, you hate to put him down. I mean, what AO? He got like two in only a couple games that he played. So if Kuda's out there from day one playing all those snaps, you know, could he get up in that range? I mean, I, I'd put it at four or mm, could he get four or five in his rookie year? I don't know. That, that seems like a lot, but it doesn't. You know what I mean? Um Gosh, what the, Mm, I want to put him right at five. I really do. (laughs) I want to give him five thinking that's really good for a rookie, but not, not five plus like my, like my note says here. Um, but what the heck, let's give Jeff Okuda five plus interceptions. Let's have him come in here, be a lockdown guy. Maybe get some tip balls. You see his Ohio state highlights. The guy's catching balls while he's on his back, uh, tip balls while he's on his back there. He's, he's just really able to uh, locate the football. Well, when it's in the air, he also seems to have a good ability in zone to be able to kind of put his eyes on the quarterback, uh, even when he's up in press and still get his head around and get the football. So we're going to give Jeff Okuda five, Plus, interceptions in his rookie year. I mean, that would be big time for the whole defense and really excite the city, no doubt about it. Next one, Hawkinson, 8-10 to touchdowns uh, this year. I know last year I put out a fantasy football article on Lions Wire, USA Today Lions Wire. I I write fantasy football articles for them and and, uh, make the Lions an emphasis on that. Last year I had Hawkinson, I think I put him at six, 700 yards, and then I said he could get anywhere from 7 to 10 touchdowns was my fantasy projection. Oh, he, he came out blazing that first game, and then he really disappointed me just with the usage, with his mentality. You know, he had the injury when he tried to hurdle the guy. 
Um, did did not finish where I wanted, but again, a lot of that was because he got shelved, and then with the ankle injury, probably would have had some decent games there towards the end of the year. Gosh, I don't know. The one thing that worries me about Hawkinson is they keep adding pieces. You know, they got the three receivers. They added Cephas. Now they got Swift and Carrion to get the ball to. Um, and, and you got Hawk there in the in the slot or at the tight end position. I Eight to ten touchdowns. I mean, to me, if I went seven to ten last year and you got like a couple, you know, what do you get? Three, four, and something. I think he got three. Uh, dropped a couple. <clears throat> Uh, but, uh, I'm going to put Hawk under the eight to 10 touchdowns, but I think, you know, when you're thinking about tight ends, a lot of people just throw these crazy numbers out for tight ends. When you really look at some of the greats in the league, I mean, some of them are getting, you know, 800 yards and and six, seven touchdowns is a pro bowl tight end. You know, tight ends aren't going to get you, you know, 12, 1500 yards and double digit touchdowns. Now you might have a tight end that gets you you know, four to 600 yards and and 10 to 12 touchdowns. You know, there are those tight ends that just are red zone monsters. I mean, you'd love that from Hawkinson too, if maybe his yardage and usage catches were down, but he just was a a touchdown machine. That would be nice, but I'm probably going to put him at six, seven touchdowns, um, you know, in that range, even if he had five, but he had more catches yards and really impacted the team. I'd like that. So I'm going to go under on that one too. And then this last one I'm going to throw out. People probably, this probably doesn't surprise many because I've talked about it on all my shows. I am probably the the biggest Tracy Walker supporter. Um, I think he's going to be a pro bowler here in 2020. He's got crazy mentality. He's a dog. <laughs> he's a nasty dog on the Detroit Lions defense. And he's got crazy long arms. I think he's really coming into his own. Last year he had a couple struggles in coverage when you'd watch him. But I think that'll be tightened up this year. He'll have other players around him. He won't have to do as much. And I think this guy can get his hand on the football a lot. I'd like to see, you know, um, a good amount of, of interceptions from him this year. You know, whether that be four, six, somewhere in that range. Um and I'd like to see him lay the lumber. I feel like this guy can hit. He put up a lot of tackle numbers the last year or so, but I think he can do even bigger things in the uh, in his game in general. So give me Tracy Walker as a pro bowler. I know that's a hot take, and there's not going to be many people that would agree with that. He's still off a lot of people's radars in and out of Detroit, but I think it can happen. I think people are going to be really surprised what this guy brings to the table in 2020 and even 2021. I think those are going to be his his breakout type seasons. So really, really excited to see that. Let's uh, let's go ahead and take a break here. When we come back, let's uh, let's talk about the schedule. The schedule dropped on Thursday. I uh, got some take. There was a leaked schedule that came out. Uh, n- not quite uh, nowhere near what the actual looked like. That was disappointing to me. But, uh, yeah, I'll just work my way through each of these games uh, preseason to the end of the year, kind of talk about them a little bit, and we'll finish the show out with that. So, everybody, take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, we are back right here on Believe in Lions. Before we get heading with the second part of the show, I just want to remind you, hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform, hit that favorite button on Spotify, share this with a friend, tell the, tell a friend, hey, you like the Lions, right? 
And they'll be, of course they'll say yeah if they're here in Detroit or whatever. And you'd be like, you know what you got to check out? You got to check out the show Believe, B-L-E-A-V and Lions. Um, this guy's talking Lions. You know, every comes out every Monday morning. Uh, he's got to Logan Lamarandier on. He talks with a couple guests. You know, he tries to have a good time. Also just talks football, which is fun to listen to on your drive into work or at home or wherever you may be these days in this crazy world we're living in. So please do that for me. Um, again, the platforms, the main ones we're on, uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher. Those are some of the main ones. You guys know if you're a podcast listener, you've got your favorite platform. You can find us. Just put it in the search bar. You can find this show. And again, another cheap plug from my other show, the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, um, all one word on Kool-Aid. And uh, like I say, we drink it in twice a week, talking Detroit Lions, that Honolulu blue favorite Kool-Aid. Um, I, I know you'll enjoy that show as well. And if you're looking to be a sponsor on the show or any other shows on Believe Podcasting Network, you can go to their website, Believe.com, and uh, check that out there. Probably 300-some shows now as they grow every day and uh, always looking for sponsors and people looking to put ads on the show. So please go ahead and do that as well. All right, l- let's get into this, the schedule. Now, everybody loves when the schedule drops. I mean, I'm not a big schedule guy. You know, usually I just like when it comes out because I'm usually trying to um, work it out with my friends and family about my tickets. You know, I've been a Lion season ticket holder for, gosh, it's got to be going on seven, ten years now, whatever it is. And the first few years I went to every game, had a bunch of fun with friends. And after that, I was like, you know, I can go to a couple games a year and spread these tickets around. So I end up, uh, you know, giving them, selling them to family and friends, and they get to pick out their, um, you know, game, one game a year, get to go down with their family, whatever it may be, and it really has worked out well. They have a blast. Let's me kind of sit here at the uh, DTO scouting offices and enjoy the games on TV and, and enjoy my fantasy football as well. But uh, usually when the schedule drops, I'm trying to see, all right, what game am I going to go to with Grifka? What game am I going to go to with one of my other buddies? And then uh, let everybody else pick their games from there that they get to enjoy. So, you know, I, I, I like it, but uh, it's just so far in advance, you really don't know. Um, let's get into it, though. Let's talk about the preseason real quick. So the first preseason game, the Lions are going to play the New England Patriots. Uh, that's going to be at New England. So Matt Pat going back there. It should be kind of a nice game to get off on the preseason because, you know, teams that know each other like that, they seem to work well in these type of games where they just sort of, you know, they're out there playing, but they also are willing to work with the other team and, and just have a good spirited game, but not get anybody hurt, not have any issues. So I think those coaches will trust each other and that should be good. Um, looks like that game is dated. It says here from August 13th to August 17th, they have a little bit of a range on it and uh, would be on um, local Fox 2 TV, a time to be determined. So a little bit still up in the air there, but look at August 13th. I'm recording here kind of in the you know, we're on the 10th, 11th of May. So, uh, gosh, we're like three, uh, three months away from football, which is, which is great. I, I really hope it happens. I mean, I know there's, there's a lot going on in, in the world, but I'm hoping we can still get these games, even without fans. I'd love just to watch football on TV, uh, in August through, uh, through, through January there. That'd be great. Um, second preseason game, the Lions come home to play the New York Jets. This game's on ESPN at 8 p.m. primetime, so Lions get that one uh, one kind of preseason primetime game. Now, the second 
preseason game. You're still not seeing many starters or many premier players. So, again, not too excited. It's a Thursday evening game. That's usually one, like, I'd either go down or give those to friends who, like, kind of want to go down and have a night in Detroit, have a good meal, see some people, go to the game, and then get out of there type of thing. Um, week three in the preseason is usually where you see players uh, quite a bit. You see them uh, ramp it up and, and play, you know, two, three quarters. It seems like the NFL continues to scale back. It used to be three quarters in that preseason three. Now it feels like you're getting maybe a half, if that. I mean, it feels like the Lions only played Stafford maybe a quarter, um, you know, all the way through into th- you know third preseason game in the last couple of years. So you still not really get much. Uh, you know, they're playing at Miami, so have some – uh, good weather, you know, hopefully our players stay off the strip there and don't get themselves in trouble. But Miami, great city, uh, should be should be fun to head down there. Probably see Tua in that game quite a bit, you know, with uh, with it being the third preseason game, see him out there and see what he does. Hopefully Lions can hold their own against him. I still think Tua Tagovailoa is going to be a heck of a football player and a winner in the NFL. So that will be an interesting one to watch. And then preseason week four, Again, the Buffalo Bills around September 3rd or 4th, they have it here, local TV as well. Um, always play the Bills. I mean, it's it's at Ford Field. It's week four of the preseason. That's that's one of those games you're just trying to get through with no injuries as well as see some of the, the bottom of the roster type players, see who will make the cut, that type of thing. But, uh, yeah, I've pretty much given up on preseason games at this point uh, until they – mean more they cut them down they're really not worth watching to be honest let's get into the real games that matter here week one sunday september 13th the chicago bears come to ford field on fox 1 p.m i mean this surprised me like i said there was a leaked schedule that came out that had us against the indianapolis colts week one to me that that made a lot more sense i don't remember the last time the lines have opened up against a division opponent like the Bears. It always seems like that comes in the, you know, middle of the season or we've been having those games a lot around Turkey Day. So to have them right off the bat there, I mean, that sort of surprised me. But, hey, I'd be hyped for it. I'll probably be at Ford Field for that one if they let fans in and if the world is safe at that point. Um, That would be a fun one to be at to kick off the season, no doubt about it. Uh, Week two, the Lions uh, travel to Green Bay where me and Grifka traveled to last year for Monday Night Football and had the greatest experience, the greatest tailgate, some great people in Green Bay. It was really fun until um, probably, what, halfway through the third quarter or the fourth quarter of that football game where the, the Zebras turned against the Lions. Everything went haywire. and had to watch my Lions get beat at the buzzer with a field goal, which was just the most gut-wrenching loss I've ever felt. I had nothing to say as we left the stadium. It was just demoralizing. Had the Lions won that, they'd have been in first place. Instead, that and then the Matt Stafford injury basically changed the entire uh, season, which was really disconcerting. But Lions get to go back there in good weather September 20th and get some revenge. So a lot of people think, oh, hey, you know, Green Bay, they're just going to take care of the Lions again. The Lions have taken care of Green Bay recently, so... Uh, this is one, if they're one thing I like about having the two division games early, you know, you're going to be, you're going to have your roster unless there's some crazy injury or some guy has something that comes up that he, you know, like Deshaun hand last year where we thought he'd be fine. And then that thing lingered basically all season. Like you should have all your troops by week one, two, um, you know, even into week three, four, you should still be rolling with pretty much all your roster before injuries set in. So we go into Green Bay with all our horses. Like, good luck, Green Bay, because you had a terrible draft. You have some uh, terrible decisions being made by your front office. Uh, 
Old man Rogers is getting simply that older by the day. I know everybody thinks, oh, he's going to come in mad. He's going to have the season of his life. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think, you know, there's a mystique to Green Bay uh, that makes it hard to win there. But I think the Lions come in there with a the chip on their shoulder and, uh, and give them some issues and get that revenge W. So uh, while I'm going through it, might as well give my W's and L's off the top of my head. Uh, I think the, the Lions can beat Chicago week one. I think even though it, it would be a tough game, I think you can go on the road and beat Green Bay in Week 2. So I got the Lions 2-0 and heading into Week 3. Um, Sunday, September 27th, they head at Arizona. It seems like we played Arizona the, the last decade, almost every every year with only a couple misses. It's craziness. But uh, this game's the only 425 game the Lions have all year. Again, it's sort of a... East Coast team somewhat going west, which always seems to be an issue for whatever reason. I I don't know. The Arizona Cardinals still don't scare me. I mean, you look, you, everybody think Kyler Murray's going to break on the scene and be the a top five quarterback this year. I don't see that happening. I see him being good, a good player, you know, in that top 10, 12 quarterbacks, no doubt about it, but I don't see him revolutionizing the game. I mean, based on what I saw last year, yeah, they added, they added DeAndre Hopkins, who's a heck of a football player. I don't know what Arizona is doing. They have literally like six, seven receivers. Like they have Hopkins, Larry Fitz. Uh, <laughs> they got my boy Christian Kirk. They got a, um, Akeem Butler. They've got... Isabella, who they drafted, they got uh, Keyshawn Johnson, who they drafted. Like, what are they doing? You know, like you can't play six receiver sets out there. You know, so it just seems like they've been drafting all these receivers, trading for receivers, keeping old man fits around. It's like I I see I see Hop being the baller. I see Kirk having a good year because he's a little bit down last year, but he's a really good player, kind of like a Golden Tate type. And then I see. Um, I see Fitz doing his thing, but, you know, they they just seem like wasted picks. They have these other rookies that just don't have – they're not going to have enough snaps to get out there. So, yeah, I mean, they can spread you out with those three guys. Everybody loves Kenyon Drake now, but he's always been a middle-of-the-road running back until last year where he sort of broke on the scene with them. I mean, I don't see him being a, a force this year. I just see him being, you know, decent in the backfield for them. Um, so, I mean, everybody's chalking this up as like a loss for the Lions in Arizona. I mean, I got another W. I feel like we we whooped them last year, and they've only got marginally better. Um, everybody's saying Arizona's like the new hot team. I mean, okay, you, you added some nice offensive pieces. Like, you added Isaiah Simmons on defense. Like, what else do you have? Like, exactly, not much. So, it's going to be a shootout in Arizona. I think the Lions are going to do what they did last year, which is come out firing, and the, the difference is they're not going to collapse like they did last year. Go ahead, get this dub, and come home 3-0, and um, where they come home and play the New Orleans Saints. Now, this is another game I may be at with my buddy Chops this year. If all goes well, um, it's a Sunday, October 4th against the New Orleans Saints on Fox 1 p.m. game. Gosh almighty, this is the Saints are tough. There's no doubt about it. But I feel like everyone's been saying the Saints are tough for the last couple years. And, yeah, they play pretty good. Their record's decent. They made the playoffs. But, like, you know, Drew Brees isn't getting any younger as well. I mean, he keeps kind of taking a minor step down. Mike Thomas put up some crazy numbers last year. I don't see him being able to replicate that. They added a couple um, new players that you got to watch out for. Defense is pretty solid. I mean, 
just to be somewhat realistic and rational here, I mean, I'll go ahead and give the Lions a loss here against the Saints just because Sean Payton, too, is one of those coaches where I think he can just outcoach the other side and, and will his team to victory. So we'll go ahead and go with the Lions 3-1 and one headed into the bye week, which they have a bye in week five. Again, I hate that. Um, they had that last year. You want that bye around week 8, 9, 10 would be the ideal range. But it is what it is. We'll go ahead and get through some of these a little bit quicker here. Sunday, October 18th against the Jaguars. That's uh, in Jacksonville at 1 p.m. Um, this is a W for the Lions. I mean, the, the Jags are retooling their team. I like some of their young talent, but uh, I think the Lions will be able to take care of business here. A lot of times you want a really tough team off that bye week so you can um, you know, game plan and deal with them that way. Uh, and like every game in the NFL is tough, don't get me wrong, but I see this as a as a W coming out of the bye, which would be nice. So four and one for the Lions. Um, then the Lions head on another road game, so back to back road games, October 25th against the Atlanta Falcons, 1 p.m. Uh, gosh, I really, I've always been a Falcons guy. I always like their team. You know, they kind of put a really uh, a good team on both sides of the ball together. They always seem to draft really well. I even like what's the thing now? Like everybody on their offense is a first round pick, something crazy like that. So Julio's getting up there, but he's still an absolute force to be reckoned with. Um, I don't know. For some reason, I, I feel like the Lions go down to Atlanta, maybe catch an L here just with the back-to-back road games. Atlanta probably having a bounce back season, being able to play pretty well. Added Todd Gurley, um, added some more offensive weapons. Uh, defense seems to be coming together. Offensive line, you know, they, they've sort of retooled that as well. So we'll give the Lions a loss. Put the Lions at 4-2 and two here uh, as they come home to play the Indianapolis Colts Sunday, November 1st, um, 1 p.m. Uh, this will be a CBS game. Um, you know, they're at home against, against Indy. Uh, Indy is a good team. I'm curious to see what Phillip Rivers does there as well as, you know, some of their, some of their offensive players, you know, they have a lot of rookies and they also have T Y Hilton who's aging. And now they've infused, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor running back. Uh, you know, I'm going to give the Lions a W here against Indy. I just feel like they don't scare me enough to really think that at home we couldn't take it to them. They got a good offensive line, but I think we'll be able to throw the football around and be able to make some plays. So give the Lions a W there. Um, what's that put me at? Five and two there. Uh, heading into uh, week nine. Um Let's see here, three and one. I'm just trying to see my record here. I had them beating the Jags four and one, uh, four and two with Atlanta. So five and two with the Indy W. And now they're heading to Minnesota, five and two um, Sunday, November eighth against the Vikings on CBS at 1 p.m. again. Um, uh, Gosh, this is a, I mean, this is an L on the road for the Lions. Uh, unfortunately, you'd love to get another division win, but they got to prove it against Minnesota. Minnesota has lost Stefan Diggs, which I think will hurt them, but they're still a pretty good football team. So I'll have the Lions at 5-3 and three after taking an L, hopefully in a close game in Minnesota, and then come back and get them at home, which we'll get to later is at the end of the season. Um, so we got them 5-3 and three heading here to uh, – 
to the Washington Redskins are coming to Ford Field actually Sunday, November 15th, 1 p.m. again. One of the things I love about the Lions schedule is 1 p.m. games other than Thanksgiving in that 4 o'clock. So I think that's really fun. Uh, Lions at 1 and Michigan football at 12 noon on Saturdays is my favorite when they when they combo those. I always thought I liked the prime times, but I really don't. I like just that 1 o'clock kickoff on a Sunday is great. Um, Redskins coming in here. This is a W for the Lions. I mean, I feel like the Redskins are retooling. They'll probably be good under Ron Rivera, but it'll take a year or two. So this won't be the year. Obviously, they have a crazy defensive line. You have to watch out for that. I just think the Lions will be able to throw it, run it, play good enough defense to get the W. So um, six and three, we have them uh, heading uh, to Carolina Sunday, November 11th or November 22nd against Carolina, 1 p.m. on Fox. Um, at Carolina, this is another W. I mean, uh, I, I feel the Lions can. Uh, Carolina is totally retooling. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Biscuits doesn't scare me. I mean, I think that he's gets a lot of pub and hasn't done a ton in the league. You know, Christian McCaffrey is a baller, but I think we've held him down a couple times when we played him, so not too worried about that. Um, you know, they got some speed and on at the receiver position and on defense and whatnot, but their defense is just not going to be able to hold up. Lions will be in good weather. Again, Matt Saff will probably have a day throwing the ball around, so excited to see that. Um, so we are at week 12 here, and uh, so I'd be... What do we got? We got 10, uh, 10 games of football. So what do I got? I'm about seven and seven and three, seven and four, somewhere in that range. Sorry, I don't, I don't have anything. I'm writing this down. I'm just doing this on the fly. So week 12 is the Thanksgiving game, home against the Houston Texans, 12:30 on CBS. I mean, my my head tells me to call this a loss, but um, I I think the Houston Texans are a really good team. I love Deshaun Watson. I think, you know, everyone makes fun of Bill O'Brien for the moves he's made. I really don't think they were that bad. I expect David Johnson to have a really nice bounce back season. Everybody's written him off. You know, I think he retooled those receivers kind of slyly. He got rid of DeAndre Hopkins and then was able to bring in Brandon Cooks, draft some players, move some pieces around. So I think they're going to be a really good team. I just feel like the Lions will have a lot of mojo, be able to get this W on Thanksgiving. Next game, Sunday, December 6th against Chicago in Chicago. This was kind of the one bad weather game I think I wrote down. December 6th in Chicago at 1 p.m. should be pretty nasty weather. I always think that kind of messes with the Lions. You know, you hate to be a wimpy team that can't go out, you know, in bad weather and get it done. But I always feel like, you know, the wind uh, doesn't let Matt Stafford throw it. And then next thing you know, they're, they're fumbling the football, whatever it may be. So unfortunately, as much as I hate the Bears, as much as I don't want to do it, I've got this as a loss in Chicago. December 13th, they come home to play the Green Bay Packers. They've already beat the Packers in Green Bay on my predictions here. Um, this is 1 p.m. indoors. Uh, you know, I I just feel like this will be a game the Lions will let slip away as well against the Packers. I, who knows, Aaron Rodgers, if he's still upright. I could see him having a day inside Ford Field here late in the season. Um, pretty important game, too. You hate to lose a division game kind of late in the year there. But uh, just kind of see how it, going down, we always seem to, you know, we've had our luck against the Packers, but I could definitely see splitting against them whatever way they're winning at their place or losing and then vice versa at the other game. So we'll see how that works out. Um, what do we have here? We have a road game against the Tennessee Titans. 
everybody loves the Tennessee Titans. I mean, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, they had a great run last year. Ronnie Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is terrible. He's freaking garbage. I hate that guy. Like, I can't believe they gave him the money they did to be a game manager. I mean, Derrick Henry, you got to deal with him, no doubt. A.J. Brown is a stud. But overall, their defense doesn't scare me. A bunch of people on their team, I'm not a big fan. I mean, everybody's just loving up on them because they had a good run. Hey, congratulations. How about you try to do it a couple times in a row before you uh, impress me at all? So I'm going to give the lines a dubski in Tennessee cuz nobody fears going there for a football game and that's going to be uh that's going to be a fun one to get on the road. Uh last two games of the year they come home against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Ford Field right around uh just after Christmas there. Uh, this could go either way. I mean, I, I could see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers maybe having a really good season and, and having things wrapped up and maybe not playing. But what I've noticed is most teams are playing through week 16. Week 17 is really only when you see people getting sat down. You don't have teams that are just so much farther ahead, especially with Brady playing against the Breeze. Um, uh, you know, the different teams they have in that division, I just think it's it's going to be they're going to be good. Tampa Bay is going to be good, hard to deal with on offense, but I don't think they'll have things wrapped up at this point. So they come to Ford Field. I just see Tom Brady being too good as well as Godwin and Evans are hard to deal with. So um, I have this as a loss for the Lions as well. And then the Lions with everything on the line Sunday, January 3rd against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, probably the division is on the line, maybe a playoff berth, whatever it may be. I've said I think the Lions will get in the playoffs and win a game, and I've been dying to have that home playoff game and get a home playoff win. So I'm hoping that the division is on the line. It's the Lions and the Vikings. I hope that uh, the Lions come in here, can win this game. It's a 1 p.m. game indoors. Win this game, win the division title at home against the Minnesota Vikings and go on to host a playoff game at Ford Field. I just think that would be tremendous. I think it can happen. Get a big dub there to end the year and and have some mojo going into the playoffs would be tremendous. So, like I said, I didn't look at this much until now. I really just talked my way through it. I'm looking back at my uh, predictions. I mean, that puts me at the the also popular, as Kyle Brandt said on Good Morning Football, it always works out to be 10 and six. And I've got the Detroit lions at 10 and six, a bounce back season. I mean, I know they won three games last year. I know they won six the year before I'm giving them more wins than they had in those two combined. But like I said, from day one, this has been a process with Matt Patricia. You know, he came in, he saw that some things were in shambles, no matter what the record said, he, there were some issues. He got some players out of here that didn't have the right mentality. He changed the scheme. He brought in his own players. Bob Quinn helped to retool. I mean, gosh, we've retooled our safeties. We had no safeties, uh, you know, other than Glover Quinn back in the day. Now we got two, three good safeties. We've overhauled the offensive line again. You know, Bob Quinn came in and changed it, and it wasn't good enough, and he changed it again. So now we've got a retooled offensive line, some bullies, you know, on the interior positions. And we got lots of skill players, man, lots of weapons here in 2020. This is the year to make a run. 2021, you're going to have to retool some of those receivers. And things like that. So I I see this being a great bounce back year. I see the Lions uh, working their way through the season like that. 10-6 and six for the Detroit Lions. I believe B-O-E-A-V in the Detroit Lions, as you know on this podcast. That's it for me today. We talked about uh, hot takes, what I do, some jersey numbers for you guys to look out once the Lions release those. And we worked our way through the 2020 schedule. 
hopefully all goes well and there will be fans in the stands. There will be games being played, but all that will be determined here in the next few months. Other than that, we just want our football as football fans. I thank you so much for listening. Uh, Take care, everybody. Check me back here next Monday right here on Believe in Lions. Take care, everybody. I'm out. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.